Sir. Oh shit, that's right, I gotta make James do blow bombing. What time is it? Let's see, well, the, 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 uh, I got 9,875 new text messages. Let's see what they say. Wake up, man. Wake up, man. Wake up, man. Enlarge your penis now. Uh, well, I'll say that one for later. Wake up, man. Exclamation point. Wake up, man. Exclamation point twice. Jesus. How long have I been asleep? I go to the internet. That has all the answers. Where's PJ? I'm supposed to get some bacon and eggs from him, motherfucker. Let's see. I missed the Avengers movie. This Mad Max. Wait a minute, what's this? Gay marriage is legalized? Donald Trump's running for president? Blaze released a biscuit flavored potato chip? What happened? <laughs> Bullshit, yellow bullshit. Welcome back to Below the Bible Belt, the sordid confessions of two men with nothing in common but an accent. I am James. And I'm Matt. And it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while, to quote Stained, my favorite band back in 2001. That guy does country now, can you believe that? <laughs> I heard his song like a couple years ago, I'm like, no fucking way. And he had George Jones in it, I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. Well, as you know, Matt... The South is like a black hole. All things are eventually consumed by it. Here's a scientifically accurate prediction. By 2037, all of America will be South Carolina. I can live with that. Now you're asking yourself, what will be North Carolina? Antarctica. <laughs> I'm fine. Look, if everyone, like, this, this helps me out. If every place is South Carolina, South Carolina will no longer be the butt of everyone's jokes. God, imagine what kind of weird Alice in Wonderland universe that would be to step into. We're all Southern down here. Like, oh God, that dog is driving a car. <laughs> Our mayor's been dead for 37 years. My grandma married a statue. <laughs> God, what would happen to Florida in that universe? <laughs> like, would it just break away from America and become, like, its own planet? It would always eventually result in Jeb Bush, like, ruling over Florida like Asteroid M. <laughs> I just him in a throne room watching television screens of New Carolina. Does that mean like W would be like Lord of the Flies in Texas? Yes. Like worshiping the Dick Cheney head? He would be like Lord Humongous. Hey, there's been too much killing around here. Just give us the oil. <laughs> <laughs> what we're saying is it's good to be back. Um, just remember, you'll learn to love grits. Put as much <laughs> butter as you can on grits. Alright. So it's basically, it's still Mad Max, but instead of oil, everyone's fighting over grits. <laughs> yes, grits and sweet tea. Mad Max, dirty road. Oh, Mad Matt. <laughs> yes, of course. There we go. Oh, God, you driving around with your brides. <laughs> just Alex and Matt Fuss and Cody. Eh, I don't like this. Fuss would be used to it just because, you know, I mean, he's from Australia. He's seen worse. He just looks around at the desert landscape, and he's like, yeah, that's about right. He'd be bugging us all to play rugby with him. God damn it, Fuss, we don't have the time. Also, put on some pads. That's how we play around these parts. God, football will become mandatory. I think I think I like that. Yeah, that's how the this society, this southern opolis would work. Like Instead of trial by combat, it would be trial by tackle. <laughs> that's how we would decide who was president. So, if football, so that means that it would be like a sabinocracy, like he would be the lord... <laughs> Ruler and overlord of all creation. Like we would just have the mummified corpse of Tom Landry, like sitting in a throne room. Like we would have seances where we would contact Bear Bryant from beyond the grave to ask for his input on the future of our nation. 
<laughs> Which really wouldn't be any different from the dead white dudes we're all worshipping now. I would like to see George Washington pull up a simple sweep right block and play. I mean, he couldn't do it. Yeah, that's something that I think is worth considering. I mean, so much of American society revolves around worshipping the words of long dead old white guys. Why don't we just make it official and bring necromancy into it? <laughs> Uh, we elect Miss Cleo, the Speaker of the House. She's got to be still kicking around there somewhere. Uh, I don't think she's eligible anymore because she's a felon now. Oh, they busted Miss Cleo? I think so, for fraud, a couple years ago. Can you really bust a TV psychic for fraud? That's like busting the sky for being blue. I think she did. I'm, I'm going to look it up after this. Fans, if you have any hot Miss Cleo information, uh, write to blow the Bible belt. P.O. Box 101, Mobile, Alabama. Hey, don't give them my P.O. Box. That's where I have all my scented soaps sent. <laughs> and your girly books. Someone buys those Daniel Steele books. Now I'm starting to learn out who that is. But if this were truly a world ruled by South, we would be viceroys at least. I, I'm all in favor of nobility, bringing nobility back if, if I benefit from it. If I don't benefit from it, that's why I'm such a um, Republican. I have a strong believer of Republicanism. If, if I'm not getting anything out of it, then, yeah. If I'm a duke or something, fuck the poor. Well, I see the Southocracy as more of a feudal system with us as lords, or daddies, as we'd be known. Let's be honest. You and me both, we're serfs. We'd end up as landless serfs. Now, come on. Can't you see yourself as daddy of Morningwood? I could, but the system doesn't work that way, James. The rich white man who control things now will control things then. It's an illusion. Yeah, but one day you can be the rich white man. Maybe. Yeah, but that's the ultimate state of whiteness, being the man. That's your becoming. That's your own private great red dragon. I think I like to think I would be a benevolent man if I were the man. My manship would be very benevolent. I'd be a, uh, Every man says that before becoming the man. <laughs> I'd be an egalitarian man before I'd get roundhouse kicked by Blake Dynamite. No, that's the final stage of whiteness. That is the butterfly coming out of the cocoon, being the villain of a black exploitation movie. The highest level of white you can achieve. Do you, like, if you could, alright, something you just made me think. What's, like, the one, like, fictional, like, if you could be, like, anything, like, like, you know, the villain in a black exploitation movie, or, like, you know, uh, the, the smarmy best friend in a romantic comedy. What 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 do you feel like would be your favorite thing to be? Like, oh, without a shadow of a doubt, any character played by Ronnie Cox. <laughs> That's whenever Boy Detective Matt would come into my corporate offices to get information about like a series of murders. <laughs> like, I don't have to respect your badge, buddy boy. <laughs> Simmons, escort Mr. Johnson out of the premises. I'm going to wipe out that Mr. Quatu once and for all. So what you're saying is you would be the man. Is what exactly. Like, yeah. we, we've established this. You'd just be a slightly different man. Instead of a black exploitation, you'd be maybe you'd be a, a man in a more high-budget film. Oh, yeah. I, it has long since been my dream to one day be directed by Paul Verhoeven. I don't care if it's Showgirls Part 2. I've been covered in squibs for the past 25 years in preparation for this. I'm ready to blow at any moment. What if it's like it is Paul Verhoeven's like old man to see? He still figured out a way to have somebody ripped apart by automatic gunfire. That's how they take care of the fish. <laughs> Go ahead and kill me, fish. I no longer care who kills who. Ahab has like a uh, a stinger missile for for his pig leg. <laughs> it's like Planet Terror. He yes. has a rocket launcher. <laughs> oh god, that's why we need to be making these kind of decisions. In Hollywood. See, again, when the Southocracy happens and we are both daddies of our own feudal lands, one of us will have to take over Hollywood. Joe Don Baker will be uh, the man in every Southocracy film. But speaking of the South, so it has been an interesting five months for us. God, five months. Has it really been that long? Uh, we, we've been in the Odin sleep. It's like our personal Dark Knight Returns. Now the blistering sun on my chest is like a baptism. The southern diabetic coma. We drunk too much sweet tea. So I know it has been a particularly interesting five months, not just for ourselves, but also for the South in general. Yeah, exactly. Every time we take a break from this show, the South decides to become interesting temporarily. 
Yeah, well, that's what we should do. We should just, like, after this episode, go on break again just so we can see what happens. We don't actually have to follow through with it, but just say that we're going on break. And the South will respond. But considering how much there is for us to cover in such a short amount of time, we've decided that with this season premiere of Blow the Bible Belt, Dos Pointo, we're going to split this premiere into two parts. Part one, which you're listening to now, will cover us catching up on our personal lives. Part two, which you'll be listening to next week, will then cover the news stories that we've missed out on. That's a double dose of Blow the Bible Belt for the price of one, and the price of one is nothing. So you're getting one hell of a deal here, if I say so myself. I want to say that I did not consent to the two-part episode. <laughs> this was forced upon me. I'm being oppressed here by this skinny white... You have become the man. <laughs> Don't you see? You're my this man. is my own Wait, private Southocracy. When I, when I say you're you're my man, I mean you're my man is my nemesis, not my man is my brother or homeboy or... My uh, potential lover. Haven't we each been each other's antagonists since episode one? This has been a Hannibal-like game of cat and mouse. I like to think that alliances have shifted so much, where we've went from being foes to friends. It depends on who the guests are to antagonists. You know, we both had to team up to battle Flexo, so we had to use our wits for that one. Then we both fought over Alex. We both had to stay strong and against the. God off Australianness of fuss. What I'm saying is, I want someone to eat me, literally. <laughs> well, you are delicious. I taste good deep fried with some gravy. That's probably what happened, why they got cancer, because Hannibal was started experimenting with Southern cuisine. <laughs> deep fried Johnson. <laughs> the ultimate taboo dish. That is, uh, that is, of course, my former porn name, Deep Fried Johnson. Getting right to it, 30 minutes after we started the show. <laughs> How was your five months been? How's your quarter of a year been, Matt? I've been all right. I've been good. I've been, I've actually, I hate to say this, but I've enjoyed the time off. Because it really did come in handy because I was sort of, uh, right as we ended, I was getting stressed out by, uh, by school and such. Um, I don't know where we picked up uh, last time, but, um, yeah, school's going good. Actually, I'm starting the fall semester next. Next Monday. Um, yeah, God, how Monday long would this? How long does this make it that you've been in school? This would be uh, start of the semester. Be my first full year in school. Wow, I'm technically a sophomore. We didn't think he'd last six months, did we, audience? You bastards. Um, I don't know if I'm. I'm I may have already become sophomore because I think it, it's based on credit hours instead of just you know uh, time and progression. Because um, I took some classes this summer. Um, I took Western Civilization and uh, Macroeconomics. Uh thought I was going to have fun. I'm like, uh, I'm good at all this other stuff. I bet I could do this. Nope. I was wrong. But to my credit, I will say, I uh, barely read the source material. Uh took the uh, test on a whim without studying and ended up with a 91 in the class. So, so your bullshit power is strong. Yeah. Which is impressive because I've, I've always pegged you as more of a microeconomics guy. It's like, if I get this Coke, will I still have enough change for these curly fries? You see, James, economics is the, is, is the study of choices, is what it is, because we, we have choices in our everyday life. I wanna, I don't wanna talk down to you, but look, haven't already taken macroeconomics, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you took universal economics, you, you study the commerce of worlds. Whole nations. Yeah, comparative advantage. Um, right, the important thing is, now that you're no longer freshman, it'll be you chasing young kids down with paddles. No more Madden Ice. No more Johnson. That's something that I complained about when I got to school, that there's no Greek life in, on my, in my community college campus, because I wanted, I feel like I would be the uh, good frat boy. <laughs> You are a one-man animal house. <laughs> um, I think I also told you, too, uh, I, I, my economics professor, I sort of started to get convinced that he might have been a supervillain. <laughs> oh, I remember that. The first thing they took, uh, cued me off was his name. His name is uh, Dr. Daniel Morvey. <laughs> Arch enemy of Doc Savage. <laughs> He's from, uh, I think he's in Ghana. That's where he's from, where he's in Ghana. And That's Dr. the most evil country of them all. <laughs> uh, 
the most evil country in Africa. Um, but uh, he kept having he kept. He was real shifty. He was going out of town. From the way he talked, like we took, like we had a break in between uh, uh, during the Fourth of July weekend, and he was out of the country for some mysterious reason. He kept going in and out of the country all throughout the semester, and then he he made us write a paper about how we could disrupt the world's sugar supply. <laughs> that that one was a joke. Oh. <laughs> he did make us actually write. I mean, our essay was about our term paper was about. The world global sugar supply, you know, in its relation to prices and stuff. But he did not make us research how to hijack the world's sugar. I was just thinking, what kind of low rent supervillain outsources his evil schemes to a community college class? That's brilliant. No one would suspect that, except James Bond. <laughs> no one summer. ever suspects the community colleges. This summer, James Bond. Ian Fleming's 007, James Bond, in. Sweet tooth. I'm 90% sure that's how community is going to end. They're just going to reveal that the Dean has been a supervillain this entire time, using all of their wacky schemes and bonding for his own nefarious needs. The uh, the paintball games are all just a study on warfare and how he uses the simulations to train super soldiers. Yes, a nuclear warhead powered by charm. Also school-related, uh, I want a scholarship this summer. Hey. Uh, this is a small scholarship. Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is a good show. Um, I won about $300 worth of uh, wait, 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 money. There's a such thing as a $300 scholarship? Yeah, it's a partial scholarship. Oh, it's not a partial, but it's, you know, it's an endowment that the school gives out to students. Um, mine well, like, was, is it a coupon book? <laughs> no, it's actually money. <laughs> Actual money. Legal U.S. tender. It's, it's did they give it to you in check, or did the dean just walk up to you and slip it into your pocket in like twenty dollar bills? It's Piedmont tick books. Uh, Matt, are you part of some elaborate <laughs> money laundering scheme <laughs> that's taking the form of a scholarship? <laughs> no, it got posted to my account. Like I can spend that money for books, and supplies, etc. Whatever I don't use, I'll get back as cash. Um, Sometime around midterm, so probably about September or October, I'll be getting my money back, what I don't use for... It's actually just school. store credit at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> there ain't cahoots with Cracker Barrel, I knew it. Well, I could use some novelty baseball caps. We'll say, how is your uh, Tinder Oh, my quest for love, it's not going good. Apparently that is a shitty app. Apparently so, everyone really hates Tinder. I did not realize that until apparently the people who you connect with don't talk to you, or they flat out block you right away, or they ignore you. So I've sort of stopped using it. <laughs> I stopped using it months ago, James. It also doesn't help that you eventually realize that you were posting on Grinder all this time. <laughs> well, that well, explains a few things. I'm, I'm getting to the point now to where any sort of human interaction would be beneficial. I take you in a pinch, James. James, do you know what a bear is? <laughs> Apparently, I'm quite a figure in the community now. I learned just yesterday the term power bottom. It applies really well to me. I can definitely see you as a power bottom. Like, you're lazy, but with intensity. It's all in the hips, James. All in the hips. Um, I haven't worked up the nerve to actually talk to a real woman. <laughs> in person, I wanted to do that. You view them all through glass at the Lady Zoo. Yes. Uh, work's been, been usual. Dollar General keeps moving. You haven't been promoted to rear admiral or anything yet? Not yet. I'm, I'm, well, I've, I've declined promotion. I've gotten to a spot where I'm good where I'm at because I'm able to get enough money to get by on top of going to school. So. And what p- position have you turned down? Um, to go full time instead because I'm only part time now. And then, uh, last year I turned down an assistant manager job. So. Okay, I just imagine like the owner of the store just coming to you at like three o'clock in the morning. Hey, Matt, um, uh, you want a Dollar General? <laughs> I got the paperwork in my car, man. We can make this happen. Oh, did you fucking hear that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just a little paranoid right now. Can I use your bathroom, man? <laughs> yeah. The Dollar General mobs after him. He bet too much on the ponies. Oh, <laughs> something actually happened today that I mentioned. Um, someone bested me, James. <gasps> when it comes to history, uh, political, whatever you call it, trivia. You met your own James Moriarty? Yes, I did. He come in the most unassuming of forms. He came wearing a Frito-Lay shirt. 
<gasps> the reverse Matt. <laughs> he uh today I was the I was at work working um, as one does at work. And the uh, one of the vendors come in. He was freaking out lazy guy, and he had another guy with him who he was training. And for some reason, we got talking, and I told him I was going to school to be a teacher, history teacher. And this other guy said, "All right, well, you know a little bit about history stuff." So he said, "Here's a question for you. All right, what you got? What is the biggest state, mass land wise, east of the Mississippi?" And I froze. I'm like, "I don't know this one." I was searching James through my brain. Every, into your memory palace. If you you're the only one who can play this game, boy. <laughs> I was, I had it narrowed down to, to two. I had it narrowed down to Tennessee and Maine because they both look like they're good sized states. And the guy's like, you give up? I'm like, no, never. I finally said, all right, I'll tell you. I like, damn it. It's Georgia. It's like, no. <laughs> I fell to my knees. I did the sign of the cross. I begged for forgiveness from whatever's up there. And then I said, hey, look. I said, look, guy. I'm going to school to be a history teacher, not a fucking geography teacher. <laughs> I will burn your 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 uh, chip truck down. And he just laughed and laughed and threw a bag of Frito-Lays down and disappeared in the frito vanish. <laughs> he, he threw hot fries in my eyes and blinded me. <laughs> Damn you, Frito-Bandito. <laughs> I have my objective in life now, James. I must find this man again, and I must kill him. I like the idea that your life just one long southern version of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> and your nemesis is Frito Man. I must rip his heart out, make him beg for mercy, while it still beats in my hands. That is my mission in life. Now you're going to come into work tomorrow, and he's going to be behind the register. <laughs> Look who got your job. <laughs> no. You know what the capital is of... These nuts. I show up in school. He's sitting at my desk. No. He's slowly taking my life. You go to the dean's office. What's the meaning of this? Hmm? He's eating a bag of Frito-Lays. No. <laughs> you too. They've gotten to everybody. <laughs> Damn their delicious potato goodness. So, yeah. <laughs> that was my, my, my vacation from this god-awful existence. So, you were defeated at work and at school, and accidentally became part of an aggressive money laundering scandal. <laughs> I wasn't defeated at school. <laughs> well, you were defeated in terms of geography. Not in, well, okay, yeah, in term, yeah, my knowledge was found wanting. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like things have been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I guess no news is good news. Um, watch this though, halfway through, I remember, oh yeah, um, I was in an accident lost my arm. <laughs> oh, I got a haircut. There you go. Hey. I look snazzy. Um, how, how about you, James? What has been going on on the west side of the south? Chateau de Luis. I nearly died in a major car accident. Okay, well, like I said, I got a haircut, but you don't hear me bragging about it. Uh, let me back up a minute. Okay. The story begins with me taking my first driving lesson. Oh, God. How many people died, James? <laughs> the important thing was I learned to parallel park, Matt. Over those piles and mounds of bodies. Okay, I will say, my driving lessons and my car accident were completely unrelated. <laughs> I know the timing is suspect, but they were isolated incidents. With only a slight overlap. <laughs> But yeah, almost as soon as we recorded the last episode, uh, I had a friend from work begin giving me driving lessons, like once every couple of weeks. Something that has been a very, very long time coming, because as eagle-eared listeners to the belt know, despite being 25 years old, no one's ever gotten around to teaching me how to drive. They just, whoops, slipped their mind. Um, yeah, it's gotten so bad to where I think Earlier last last year, I was saying I was going to go down to Alabama. I was going to like take three days off from work and just give you the the many nice crash course, literally just, crash course. Like just a forty eight hour gauntlet of non stop driving. <laughs> it's like the Marines Hell Week. Yeah, put a gun to your head, parallel park, boy. Now you've got pantyhose over your head the entire time, even though I know it's you. <laughs> this is for intimidation. 
<laughs> yeah, one of those weird voice modulators, but it doesn't actually work. Look at me. Look how fucking weird I look. <laughs> now take a ride of that next exit. Signal. <laughs> you finally get out to run away. You didn't put on your parking brake. <laughs> and that's how I ended up in the hospital. <laughs> you, you just show up at my bedside arguing with the police. I want you to find the man who did this to my boy. <laughs> He's my only son. <laughs> Sir, you're only like two years older though. Don't worry about the logistics of it. He's my son in spirit. I've raised him as my own for these past four years. You provide them with a sketch and it's just Alex. <laughs> Do not let his gentle features fool you. And that's how Alex goes to the lecture chair. So driving lessons. <laughs> so driving lessons. Yeah. It's been going. I'm pretty good so far. Try not to take off more than I can chew because the first lesson we went on, uh, we went down to the uh, fairgrounds in my hometown, which is like pretty much one of the only big, expansive places you have to just drive around for a while. How many packs of roving youngsters drive cars in that area? Do they just do circles on donuts? I'm sure they do. I'm sure it's like some weird rite of passage. Do you know how many babies have been conceived in that parking lot? It's like, you remember the party from the end of Dazed and Confused? I'm pretty sure it was shot on the set of <laughs> these fairgrounds, which we were very concerned about the first day we were driving up there because there was a sneaking suspicion between both of us that we'd get there and a carnival would just be taking place, <laughs> which we discussed. If that happened, we would just get out of the car and go to the carnival, and that would be what we did that day. You'd become carny folk and never have to worry about driving again. That was what would work out for everybody. Yeah, I could man the tilt-a-whirl. Again, uh, James, you're a friend of mine. Uh, say this all due respect, but you do like a carny. I've got kind of that look. I've got the facial hair. It's, it's a little <laughs> ratty. I am I, lanky. If that's where next time I go to a fair and I see a guy who looks just like you, I will not be surprised. Oh, we carnies just all look alike, don't you? Yep, I'm sorry I used the C word. I mean, it's a uh, fair employed American. Anti circusite. So driving lessons. But unfortunately, there were no roving bands of carnies whenever we went there, so we actually went forward with the lesson. And I think I did pretty decent to be, to have been behind the wheel of a car for the first time in my life. I didn't have as bad of an experience as my sister with her one and only driving lesson where she immediately slammed on the brake, went backwards into the front lawn of a family of deaf children. <laughs> Did you talk about, you talked about this, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right, because they couldn't hear it coming. Ah, still funny two years later. Yes. <laughs> it's, I think I kind of put my friend in a bit of a false sense of security because after like an hour of me just driving around slowly she was like okay you want to take it on the road and me being high with confidence and self-esteem said sure let's take this on the road are you sure it was just confidence and self-esteem you were high on uh we may have had this discussion with the car running in the garage so we might we were a little loopy so we get on the road and then for the next 10 minutes, both April and I have this blank, frozen expression of pure terror on our faces. Because we realized, like, within one minute that this was a horrible mistake and I really need to get off the road, but I can't. <laughs> there are, like, four hands on the steering wheel at once just trying to navigate this minefield of cars coming towards us. I just imagine one of my favorite quotes from... Uh... Heart of Darkness, you know, you're, it was written, I, I I shall remain loyal to the nightmare of my choice. I mean, I live in Alabama, that's pretty much it is our state motto. <laughs> but after a few minutes, we pull over, and uh, we swap seats, get back in the car, and say, yeah, that was a mistake. That's, 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 that, 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 that's going to have to wait until lesson 15, maybe. Uh, you know, that will be your final exam. But on the whole, that the near-death aside, I think I... I felt confident and was ready to, you know, continue with the lessons until just a couple of weeks later, I went on a date with mortality. <laughs> I was about to say, wait a minute, what date? 
But, oh, okay. Wait, wait a you minute. You know then, I only go on dates with abstract concepts. Then I look back like, maybe mortality is some weird chick you met at work. I don't know. From what you said, a uh, lady named Mortality coming into your store is probably like one of the more normal people you'll encounter. Look, I've told you, me and Destiny are just friends. <laughs> but that would be an awesome name, like Mortality Johnson. If, if I have a daughter, that's what I'll name her. If I can get away with naming her that. Mortality Jones, Paranormal Investigator, the new novel by Patricia Biggs. There you go. Now, cut a couple of weeks later. I'm eating with my family at the Olive Garden. Oh, fancy. What was the occasion? That was my cousin's graduation day. Oh, it really wasn't the occasion. I was just being... You think we go to Olive Garden just on a whim, Matt? <laughs> I know I don't. Oh, it's a Someone has to be dead or having a birthday. My mother's wedding reception was at Wall of Garden. That was where you were christened. Hey, when they say when you're here, your family, they mean it. And it was surprisingly decent. I will go on record as saying that Olive Garden does not deserve 90% of the flack it gets. It is a perfectly acceptable restaurant for what it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most people who complain about Olive Garden are like, People who were actually Italian and who had, like, grandmothers who could, like, actually make Italian food. But for, like, us Southern crackers who, you know, the only Italian stuff we ever see is, like, Goodfellas. You know, it's perfectly fine for us. It's perfectly acceptable when you grow up with the only restaurants in town being Waffle House, Burger King, and Checkers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's like the equivalent of how the Chinese food you get at Chinese restaurants isn't actually Chinese food, you know. It's American Chinese food, like Olive Garden is American Italian American food. We're getting into a loop. My God, just a, a lost in a sea of hyphenates. <laughs> uh, so we're on our way home, and I'm with my grandmother, and we're only a few minutes away from our house. When I turn to her and I say, "You know what? I don't care what anybody says. Olive Garden's all right." <laughs> <laughs> then a car accident happened. <laughs> Not 20 seconds You tempted fate. <laughs> now, due to ongoing legal situations, I'm actually not allowed to go into the particulars of this accident. Needless to say, an accident happened. Thankfully, no one was fatally injured, but things were bad. And as we waited for the ambulance to come, all I could think was... If I had died, the last thought I would have had on this planet would have been, you know what, the Olive Garden's not so bad. That is a life-changing realization right there, Matt. So now, like, anytime you, you, you're you out with some, you always make it for, I come up with all inspiring things, you say? Uh, the only main change to my behavior as far as that goes is we avoid the Olive Garden like a plague. <laughs> it's bad luck. It's the cursed place. <laughs> So, the ambulance gets there, I'm checked over by a paramedic, and the first thing he asks me is who the president is. And this is after, like, I've told a couple of people that I'm perfectly fine. I'm a little banged up, but I'm not, I don't have a brain injury. So, to impress upon him how okay I am, I say the president's full name, Barack Hussein Obama. Not my president, is that what he says? Does he spit and say that? (laughs) Not my president. I'm not helping you at all. Don't get your fancy Obamacare angle if she come get you. And as soon as I say that, I like just half out of it think to myself, oh, only racist people ever say Barack Hussein Obama. This guy is going to think that I think bad stuff. Uh. You passed out. <laughs> it wasn't so much like, like being concussed or anything, but just being sh- in shock over what had happened. Mm-hmm. It's the entire time. Even, like, seconds after the collision, all I could think was, no, no, I wasn't just in a car accident. This is this is some crazy stuff that's happening. Am I being punked? <laughs> is this the early 2000s? Where's Ashley Kutcher in a horrible trucker hat? So, after I get over uh, that initial shock, like, we're loaded up into an ambulance. I'm not seriously injured, so I sit up front. And I'm immediately greeted by an impossibly cute EMT who's wearing skeleton glasses, which is a fascinating combination of things. 
And the entire ride over, we just have a discussion about the infrastructure of Alabama and how the reason we have such an unusually high accident rate is that instead of our roads being on any kind of a grid system, they were just lazy and paved over all of the existing dirt roads. So, like, seriously, if you look at a road map of Mobile, it's like a spider web. <laughs> it's like somebody threw a bunch of rubber bands on the floor. So then all I could think was, okay, I'm kind of crushing on this EMT, so I think things are going to be okay. And then there was a second car race. <laughs> she was too busy talking to me. She crashes. And then someone asked who the president was. Like, is that is that no good socialist Franklin D. Roosevelt? I tell you what, <laughs> giving these bums handouts with their social security and their welfare. And they're like, like that, the the EMT this time. Like, I like the tone, but wrong decade, sir. How do we even know he was born in that wheelchair? <laughs> I want the paralyzation certificate. I don't want a president from from uh, the Netherlands because his family was Dutch. History. I gotta make up for my lapses earlier today. So we head to the emergency room. I walk up to the ER doors. They open, and I'm immediately startled because in our town's hospital, the automatic doors to the ER make a sound not unlike a robot being brutally murdered like a robot that's just recently downloaded the software to feel pain oh god i'm self-aware so i sit down there and i'm checked in and i wait roughly four hours hopefully you weren't internally bleeding i know and I'm starting like every couple of minutes because every time somebody walks in and out, ah, ah, ah. is it like the um, the Prometheus whale? That- Very much so. It's like somebody is murdering a whale and then putting it through a dubstep filter. <laughs> After a while, I'm eventually seen, and I'm taken into the back, and I'm told that everything is in place, but they need to take some x-rays just in case to make sure that my heart didn't explode at some point, or my ribcage isn't upside down, because apparently that happens sometimes, you know? I may have elephant man-ism. <laughs> I like the idea of your heart exploding like four hours earlier, and you just <laughs> running on, on whatever it is that you run on. Well, you've seen what I look like. You can easily say that I died several hours before. <laughs> yeah, from what I've seen in your frame, it doesn't take much blood to keep you alive, I'd imagine. Like, I die several times throughout the day. Then my body just <laughs> forgets it happened. So, I go into the x-ray room, and the lady attendant there tells me, Okay, drop your pants. Oh, yeah. So, that happens. I'm in my underwear. I lay down on the table. And they lower the Dr. David Bruce Banner, scientist in the field of gamma radiation, (laughs) device down onto me. And she tells me, okay, you need to lift your leg up. I lift my leg up. Okay, you need to move your hip to the side. I move my hip to the side. Okay, you need to move it more. Okay, she walks over, grabs my torso, and begins positioning me. (laughs) Like, okay, that's perfect. Stay perfectly still. Question, were you able to stay flaccid during this whole event? Successfully, because that some some kind of way I imagine maybe maybe that's my kink being stripped naked and hostily ordered to wiggle your body. That's my fetish. I'm getting I'm getting this mixed up. Well, your kinks do normally involve radiation. We exist. There are literally dozens of us. All of us gamma bombers. <laughs> she goes over the machine, begins clicking the button that takes uh, the X-rays. I look down at myself and realize that the position she has put me in is. Not dissimilar to a late 70s Playboy Playmate. <laughs> I'm even holding like, my head in the same way. You got like one hand on your hip. Are you you making a pout? Like, you know the centerfold of Burt Reynolds where he's on the bearskin yeah, rug? That's, that's exactly, exactly what I look like. Well, not exactly. I mean, you're in the same position, but... That's exactly how I was shaped. I imagine the, the chest hair situation is a little different. Because, my God... That chest hair, Burt Reynolds. 70s Burt Reynolds. You could lose yourself in that for days. Hey, I could have a forest of chest hair. You don't know. Well, you haven't seen my Tinder photos. <laughs> Your grinder pics. Looking for fellow gamma bombers out there. 
I am an otter and proud. You should know that by now. <laughs> so you were positioned like a playmate. Um, she says, okay, that's good. Let's get some more. She walks over, repositions me again in yet another playmate <laughs> position. Like, my crotch is just out there. Are, I she, meant, are, okay, I was going to say, she she got you up off the machine and made you bend down to where your butt was facing her. She said, all right, now... Hum the tune to everybody dance now. <laughs> Come on. Dun, 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 dun. Which would be horrifying if I actually was bleeding internally because I couldn't really do the <laughs> shake. Those would be your last words. Everybody dance now and then you cough up blood. Those are good last words. I would stand <laughs> by those. Um, so she had you bent over a table humming everybody dance now and then the real doctor walked in. <laughs> There was a moment where I was thinking, okay, she's just in there taking photographs with her little thing. Like, is that machine hooked up to anything? Afterwards, like, yeah, they're going to just, she's going to go to the break room and they're just going to laugh at you, looking at your photos. Well, I was made a little nervous when, as she's taking the photos, a man walked into the little room she was in and began, they began having a loud argument. Where all I could overhear were bits and pieces of things like, well, that's not how you do that. Does anybody in here actually do their job? I hate this hospital. (laughs) All right, now move your crotch towards the camera. (laughs) Then say, oh, what a lovely tea party. (laughs) So after I survive that, I go back to the little waiting area and wait roughly two or three hours, that's not a joke, (laughs) for them to come back and tell me I have no internal bleeding, my genitals were hilarious, but I should be good to go. Question, did they give you the pictures or they kept them? Uh, I requested, but apparently they were lost during the process. Ah, I imagine that they're in that lady's locker room, or in her locker now. Yours are like hundreds of other people's photos. I mean, if you have an X-ray photograph of me, you've pretty much got a photograph of me. You're not missing out on much. Somehow or another, the X-ray version has more hair. I'm not sure how that works. I'm like one of those like little doodle pads where you use the magnet to put hair on people. What do they call it? Hairy Larry? Yeah, it's like that, but it's my X-ray. <laughs> so despite all that, they still send me home with a prescription for... Uh, prescription-grade ibuprofen and muscle relaxers, because they just give those out. Yeah, I mean, that's what modern medicine has become. Oh, you're sneezing? There you go. Here's some Vicodin. I'm surprised they didn't give me an antibiotic shot. It's like Popeye's spinach. (laughs) Here you go. Have have a nice uh, shot that'll (laughs) cause you to uh, develop autism. (laughs) Because we do that now. We're just giving people autism. My God, Jenny McCarthy was right. And afterwards, I have to admit, I was tempted to take the muscle relaxers just to see what the hell they would feel like, since I legally had them. But I realized that taking medication I don't actually need is kind of a... That, that, that's kind of a line you're crossing. It's a slippery slope. Well, well he, he they, they prescribed it to you for a reason, James. That's what I always say. Maybe I am in horrible pain. I don't know. Or it's like I'll say, uh, they prescribed it to me for a reason. They described, prescribed it to my neighbor for a reason, but he's not going to use it, so why not help me out? These pills were prescribed to that person I robbed and mugged last night. They're not going to need them now. So. Uh, you are the expert at pill splaining. <sighs> I think we should move on from that, that particular <laughs> subset joke, because that might bring up some dark stuff in my past. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll save the time you robbed from the rich and gave to the junkie later. The junkie was me. Spoiler. But yeah, that was that was a pretty uh, dark chapter in the Below the Bible Belt hiatus. <laughs> so, you said, like, there's legal action pending. Question. Did you hire Cowboy Bob to take the case? Close. We hired... Cowboy Steve? We did hire a TV lawyer. Oh, really? What's his name? Can you tell me his name? Or... Just tell me his name and you can cut out if you want to, because I want to look at this guy. We hired who is essentially Mobile's Saul Goodman. Is it spelled like you think? It's spelled. Yes. God, he looks creepy. If this is he the same does. guy, he does. He looks like he looks like uh, what's his name? Bob Einstein. You know what I'm talking about? He does. I thought it was a little troubling whenever we called his number and got a recorded message of him saying, "I'm." 
and I would like to personally thank you for calling this number. That just played on an endless loop for like 20 minutes. While you were on hold. Yeah. All I could think was, how do you personally thank someone with a recording? I don't think this man will follow the letter of the law if he can't follow the letter of language. Huh. It's almost as if he were paid to be shady. As if his whole reputation, you know, relied on bending the truth. Like I said, we are still, like, in the midst of legal hubbub. I like to think that in the end of the day, the bastards behind this will get what's coming to them. That's right. Why don't you Olive Garden? Burn in hell. <laughs> you, one day, James, you will own that Olive Garden. That will be yours. I'll go up to the guy who used to own that Olive Garden, and I'll spend his first dollar. On some endless breadsticks. But, uh, like I said, the, that situation is still ongoing. All I can say was... On our first court date, I was told that the attorney we had hired did not show. Ah, lovely. Instead, they brought in his replacement, who, according to eyewitnesses who were there, looked exactly like Colonel Sanders. (laughs) It was Cowboy Bob. That's all I could think. And I was told right before the court proceedings began, they overheard him turn to somebody else and say, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing right now. Well, I want to tell you something, James. That was me. <laughs> I don't, I'm not technically, I have, I have, I have not yet passed the bar in Alabama, but I have passed the bar in Mississippi. Passing the bar in Mississippi just means you say, are you a living person? Yes. There you go. You can practice law in this state. Well, you did beat Doris the chicken what can practice law in that checkers competition. (laughs) Your Honor, I may not know much about the law, but I am a person, and my opponent is a chick. I rest my case. And 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 that's how I got a pedophile off. You went on this whole kung fu-like training journey with Cowboy Bob. When you can snatch the grip from my hand, <laughs> you will have passed your train. Oh, 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 you gotta be quick now. Oh, go fetch my goddamn beer. I'm going to be a modern-day Atticus Finch. So, if you need, if you seriously, if you do need an attorney, let me know. I can come down there. I've seen my cousin Vinny. I know how law in Alabama works. Okay. Your lawyer, Dr. Professor Boy Detective <laughs> Scoop Maddie Nice Johnson. W.E.M. Johnson. That's my, that's my legal and professional name. But I will say things have actually looked up a little bit recently. After I nearly died and then nearly died again. <laughs> I gotta say, um, as bad as it is, I am jealous that you've actually had near-death experiences. <laughs> Like, oh, I want to know the value of my own mortality. I had, like, a guy uh, a couple weeks ago while I was going down the highway pull out in front of me. I almost T-boned him. I would have killed him for sure. I don't know if I would have. That's the near-death experience you want. You want to almost kill somebody. <laughs> I want my near-death to be your death. <laughs> a near murder. That's all I asked for, dear God. You want to be like the shark from Jaws just passing over that little boy. <laughs> but things actually have been looking up lately. Because, as of right now, Matt, I have been promoted to manager of Walmart. You can tell everybody, you can tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Now, is this manager of the whole store, manager of the Atlanta Braves, manger? Did someone misspell manger and now you're acting as an actual manger for animals? I am technically uh, an organizer of menageries. Ah, okay. How are you when it comes to glass menageries? Uh, I don't like them. Too fragile, I say. Uh. Yes, I should backpedal. Not manager of Walmart, manager of Walmart's department. (laughs) Of a Walmart department. I'm manager of pets now. Of all pets. You mean like like you develop like like beastmaster powers where you can yes. communicate and animals and like take on your form of a fish and you just start flopping on the floor. I'm a one man wonder twin, <laughs> so I actually have authority now. I have a staff. I am the man. The Southocracy has taken its first step to becoming reality. You've taken my my dream to become someone's man. So in a way. And you, you, you kind of have to squint for it to look this way, but in a way, I have fulfilled my New Year's resolution 
that I proclaimed on our New Year's episode that I, by the end of the year, would have a new job. Technically, I do have a new job, just in the same uh, location. But still, the fact is... Well, I, I gotta say, um, hooray for loopholes. <laughs> da 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 Hey, a loophole is the only reason you're still out of prison, Matt. you got to respect that. <laughs> That's true. It's not my fault the DNA evidence was shoddy. That's the only thing that got you out of murdering that innkeeper. Uh, so you're, you're a manager, and i got to say, first off, let me say, as a fellow manager, welcome to the ranks. Hey, it's like we're in the same country club now. Yes. <laughs> Let's smoke these $1 cigars. <laughs> um... So when did you when did you officially become promoted? I would say three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm nearing the end of my first month as manager, which has been pure hell. <laughs> as you, I didn't want to say anything, but that is pretty much management in a nutshell. Getting used to it, James. Well, there is a lot of changes that's going around right now with the complete restructuring of the store from the ground up. Because the only reason I would ever be put in a position of authority is a catastrophic change in power structure. Someone has to be assassinated, right? Yeah, it's like there. I I would only rise to power if there was some kind of a gang war situation. I'm if Walmart is Bronze Age Daredevil, then I am the Rose. If the manager is the president, you would be like the secretary of energy. Like something has to go really wrong for you to get that high. I do fall down as much as Gerald Ford did. <laughs> uh, the irony is that by October, with the restructuring of the store, not only will I no longer have any employees to manage, I will be the sole employee of the pet department. That's something that, that you, you sort of mentioned, sort of a... Uh, a chicken shit thing. I'll say chicken shit because I don't work there. Um, but they they made you a manager at the same time that they created a thing to where everybody who works is a manager, pretty much, right? So you're not really so much getting a promotion as you're just getting not fired. Getting not fired with a pay raise. Ah, but it's it's like it's kind of like a weird monkey's paw situation where it's like. I'm a manager, and I'm the last man on earth. <laughs> there was time enough at last. Uh, yes, yeah, it's been a roller coaster these past five months without the belt as my rock. Well, I like to think that maybe you get some catharsis with me here now, as your your twisted psychotherapist. And see, we loop back around to the Hannibal metaphor. James, draw draw me a clock. Good lord, that's a fucked up clock. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Fuck your problem. Yeah, I like to think that uh, this is being a new beginning for each other. Also, kind of a new beginning for the South. Because you see, Matt, in the past five months, not only have there been radical changes in the lives of me and, I assume you, I, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention when you were talking. Yeah, I, you, you did sort of kind of tune out when I talked about my whole uh, trick trying to sign up for ISIS, but we'll get to that later. This has been a fascinating five months for the South, which we will discuss in part two. That's right, Matt. Next time on Below the Bible Belt, an entire episode that comes from the South. I'm excited. Say to be continued dramatically. To be continued. To be continued. To be continued, asshole. Um, I'm trying to do my best for me. To be continued. Do it as our To be continued. Bam. Gay marriage is legalized. Donald Trump's run for president. Ladies released a biscuit flavored potato chip. What happened? I can't know if I get too loud. What happened? What happened? Oh my god. Settle down there, chip neighbors. You know, I don't talk like this in real life. I'm playing a character, you dumb son of a bitch. Also, gay marriage is legalized, so fuck you. I can marry who I want. You're gay, chip neighbors? Fuck you. Yeah. I love Mr. Dick. 
This has been a Pulp Podcast production. Ah, hello there. I didn't hear you come in. My name is Cody Elft, but you've come to hear about the next dynamic podcast from the Pulp Podcast Network. I haven't personally listened to this new podcast, but as its producer, I am contractually obligated to inform you about how gosh darn fantastic it is. And boy is it. In life, the great hero Hercules faced 12 labors. He fought the Nemean Lion, the Lemnian Hydra, the Cerberus, the Hellhound of Hades. He stole the girdle from Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. He even traded barbs with an animated James Woods, and his sucker punched the mighty Thor in the face. But now, he faces a greater challenge than all of those tests combined into one giant ball of challenge. Now, Perk must face off against his most challenging foe in Pulp Podcast Network's thrilling new show. Hercules versus the podcast. Hercules possessed a strength the world had never seen. Oh, Hercules, 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 Hercules. Hercules, deliver us from this curse. Hercules, strongest man of mine. No man is superior to Hercules. There are a lot of issues that plague the comic book community at large that are really never kind of addressed. I think what the three of us really wanted to do was do a show where we explore all of that. And by the very hand of Odin himself, we now have <laughs> the seed of this podcast. Marvel's Odin. Does DC have an Odin? They must. I don't, th- I don't think so. Let's go with, like, image Odin. Well, look, look, DC has Hercules, so he has to have something. Who doesn't have Hercules? Spawn? He has Angela, who's, like, Lady Hercules. Yeah, she is kind of Hercules-like. Can we still legally say Spawn has Angela? Have I just gotten us in trouble? Well, now that she's Asgardian, I think it's, it's fair play, so... Hey, she's not technically Asgardian. Yeah, but she's Asgard's assassin. And she has, like, a weird new haircut. Have you seen Angela's new redesign? Look, we can get all into the pathos of Angela on another episode. That was just a little taste of graphic novels. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, listeners. Before you take out those earbuds, what say you and I discuss business for a moment? Business? Yes. It would seem we have that. Tell me, what if... There existed, say, a podcast. I have no time for such meaningless nonsense. I am a city to destroy. And what if, hypothetically, this podcast were dedicated to, oh, let's say, the discussion and analysis of today's topical movies? Uh, it, it would be extremely painful, I assume, for you. And what would you say if I told you, just for giggles, that this alleged podcast was hosted by some of your favorite PPN alumni, including Mike and MB of Pulp Nightmare fame. Who? And how would you react if you discovered, in a parallel reality, nearly identical to our island, but different in several fundamental ways, that this potential internet radio program was coming to a computer-slash-MP3 player near you? I'm left with a fear as a good as destiny. I have no time for such podcast nonsense. Would you finally give up those awful blogs of yours? Oh, oh. Maybe it's time we all stop trying to outsmart cinema and let it have its day. Oh, we need to that off. Box office pulp. The podcast the size of a tangerine. Impossible! So, did Mike and MB post the wayward commentary to the internet? And having no further concern, the boys sought podcasting adventure in the West. Many wars and feuds did they chat about. Honor and fear were heed upon their name. In time, They became internet kings by their own hand. This story shall also be told. Pulp Nightmare, a podcast undreamed of. This meeting will come to order. The Legion of Pulp is now in session. In a moment, iTunes, 
Yes, Quizmotron. I was wondering, Emperor Palpatine, if I could perhaps... Box Office Pulp thinks we need a few items to pawn on the black market. Box Office Pulp guy, you have a podcast dedicated to movie analysis. Pinhead, your pleasure puzzles are deadly. Isaac, you've... You've got corn! Corn? What more do you need? How about a nuclear warhead? What? All other supervillains have them. With a nuclear warhead, I shall leave all of the podcasts to tear themselves apart with paranoia. Box off his Pope wants a magic lasso to hang himself with. Can I get a ship in a bottle kit? I demand more corn. To make my own ship in a bottle. Oh, enough of this. The hell do I look like, Santa Claus? We're wasting valuable time. Right now, my Pope drones are rewriting Apple's code to make our podcast number one on iTunes. Excuse me, Emperor. Quizmotron, what is it? All Quizmotron wants is pants. A decent pair of pants. Darth Vader wants pants, too. Order! Order! Tune in next week at hopepodcastnetwork.wordpress.com I don't even know how I deal with any of you on a daily basis.